the great coaches can tap into the space between people's ears and understand what makes them tick. So for some people, they make that transition and it's just like part of life, but they've created habits in their life where they can manage the expectations within their own head. And, and they don't take this external influence oftentimes as the mark to hit. Welcome to the Total Fit Podcast, your go-to for all things holistic health, fitness, and wellness. Whether you're a coach, seasoned gym goer, or just starting your fitness journey, this podcast is for you. Welcome back to the Total Fit Podcast. Once again, joined by our CEO, Jay. Uh, Jay, how are you doing today? Oh, Ben, I'm feeling old, brother. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. That is because our topic today is about the acceptance of aging. And Jay, you're still very youthful. Uh, I'm still in my 20s, but we hope to dive deeply into this subject. Um, so, Jay, tell us a little bit. What is why we talk about this subject today? Look, let me, let me start by saying this. Have you ever heard the saying, it's not how old you are, it's how you are old? Yes, I have heard that. It, I think it's an interesting play on today's topic of like, hey, the reality is, is that time's ticking. And yeah, we got to start living while we're alive. And today's society, I think we have um, looked at the aging population across the world and especially in the fitness demographic as this like stereotypical thing that, oh, we, we're just working toward the nursing home and we're going to be put in a, uh, a care facility and, and be forgotten about. Um, and I don't think that that's the reality. And, and I would say that we're going to dive into kind of some of the science and statistics of aging population. It, it's more of a mindset thing. Mm, that's great. So what, what are we talking about in terms of aging? What is aging and when does it start? Yeah, you know, the process of aging really commences, you know, some say at, at the age of 30. Like, you know, there's this, think of it as, as a, a line graph of, man, we're, we hit our peak. It depends on a number of different factors, genetics, genetics being one of them, our environment being another, male, female, all of that. But let's say somewhere between 25 and 30 years old, and then that's your peak, and then there's some drop off over time. Um, yeah, I don't know if I would argue that data, um, but the reality is, is that the drop off, whatever, whatever you believe is that peak point, can we prolong that, that period of time that it drops off? Look, the reality is a hundred years ago, life expectancy was much lower than it is today. So science, medication, nutrition, exercise, all of those things, technology being one of them has extended the life expectancy across the globe. And so how, how do we, um, as coaches, actually contribute to letting people live a more fulfilled, happier, joyful, healthier life for a longer period of time? So it, it's, a tough, it's, it's a tough thing to define and quantify of what is aging, but we're all in that process from day one. Yeah, totally. So... I think a big thing, as you said, in the culture is the acceptance of it, the acceptance that it's okay to age. It's okay for our physical bodies to slow down um, in terms of what are some impacts um, as individuals approach 
Um, how does it change our approach to fitness and wellness? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, another another point that just came to mind when I'm thinking about aging is, is really uh, around this idea of deterioration, right? You think deterioration, like I'm aging, I'm getting worse, um, I'm, I'm losing muscle mass, um, I'm getting, you know, frailty disease or loss of bone. So I think we need to reframe our idea around aging uh, to more of a positive outlook, especially as coaches. Um, you know, in 2020, the number of people that um, at age 60 or older than that passed 1 billion for the first time ever in history. Okay, let me repeat that. The number of peop people at age 60, there are now more of, uh, there's more than a billion with a B. So pe we are getting older, but older generations are around longer. So if you think about it from the fitness industry, we've got to address the, the idea of um, what some call active aging. So we've got to meet the need of an aging population. Now, you walk into um, gyms today, whether, you know, functional fitness facilities or even big box gyms, and you do see older people there, but the stigma is aesthetics, I have to look this way, I have to um, take this picture or what, like whatever that thing is, and we're not catering to this population that's grown to more than a billion. And by 2045, it's going to be one in five people are above the age of 60. So not only from an impact standpoint, but from, from a financial side of, of things as well, as coaches, as gym owners, as business people, we need to be looking at how are we catering to the aging population as we go forward. And people are just uncomfortable. They're intimidated. Like we haven't created a culture, and this is a broad brush, but many of us haven't created a culture in our gyms and our groups and our facilities that actually welcome an aging population. We don't know what to do with them oftentimes. And why do you think that is, Jay? I, I think lack of education. Um, I think some of it is uh, the number of injuries that happen um, to an aging demographic can, can be higher uh, in some cases. So we're, we're a little bit scared and fearful of what I do with these people. And we've created this culture where we prop up big lifts, um, faster times, um, you know, all of these things. We've propped it up in a way that is actually not productive to the mass number of people. It's productive for a small percentage of our demographic, of our population, of our gym membership. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but how do we keep that in balance and oftentimes the scale has tipped to um, this idea of competition, driving, driving more, more, more. Well, there's got to be a breaking point. And then how do you address more? You know, I think about um, players, athletes that are retiring from a professional career, for instance. Like to deal with that reality that they've gotten too old to play a game that they once loved and made oftentimes a really good living from that jump is really hard for them mentally and it might not necessarily be that their body's breaking down it might just be that they're not 
competing at a level that they can add value to a club, a team, a, a sport. And so much, much the same, the same idea of people coming into a gym that are in an aging population past their quote prime, whatever that is. Um, how do we create that culture for them? And then we have to know as coaches and be educated on how do I create that culture? How do I make them feel comfortable? How do I make them feel like, hey, I don't have to compete with the 20 some year old Ben over there who's doing bar muscle ups and snatching, you know, 100 kilos over his head. No, no, it doesn't look like that for you. And that's okay. Yeah, I, I totally. And I think even as gym owners, I fall into this in terms of our own um, insecurities. I think as gym owners, we put on this idea that we want to be the before, like even if we say we don't, we kind of want to go to a fitness competition and and have our gym members do really well. You know, we want other coach. It's almost as if the reason I think a lot of gym owners um, do it is literally ego because we want to look good in front of other coaches which are the least important thing because we're all trying to help people in the end. But we're all trying to just like, because that little competitive side of us. Um, and I think letting that go as coaches, it's, it's, it's just, it's like chasing something in the wind that doesn't exist. Um, and the sooner we can put it to bed, the better. Um, and so I, I do think I love, you know, for myself, you know, CrossFit competitions, functional fitness competitions, but there always needs to be in balance and I think that always everything is never there needs to be questioned whether it's always it's healthy to have this constant dialogue of perform of like the performance effect into health um and recognizing that it's not necessarily helpful and not say helpful the coaches because some coaches the pathway to progression goes like okay I'm going to coach some group classes I'm going to coach some PT and then I'm going to be a strength and conditioning coach and coach athletes when really maybe what we need is our best, best coaches to be like, okay, I'm going to do, you know, start getting some experience on doing PT and then I'm going to specialize with coaching elderly people and making sure people can live great lives into their 90s and 100s. And so I think how we can do that for coaches, I think that'll be a big win um, for the industry. Do you think, Ben, that, um, I, I like this idea of specialization. Do you think it ha has to be um, divided out by age category like that? Like, is there a way um, to intertwine an aging population and a young population in the same group class or in a, a, a let's call it a semi-private PT, you know, you've got one to four coaching client ratio, that's your model. Like, is there a way to do that in a healthy way or are you just setting yourself up for failure? Yeah, I think I think there is. I think we use a level method approach to fitness, which is, you know, we have people doing the same workout but at eight different levels because um, in the end, we all want people to be stronger, have better lung capacity, be more flexible, have better core stability. So for health, we're kind of still going for the same things. Um, so you can do it. And I think then from then is, you generally, you're then not going for a homogenous group of age group, but you're going for a homogenous group of people pursuing health. And I think defining that's your group of people you're going for is anyone who wants, who values holistic health. Those are the people that we we serve. And so, yeah, I totally think you can do it. And I think the culture is set by the coaches. 
if there's something not happening, someone doesn't feel welcome in the gym, it's because of the, the coach's responsibility. So there are, I've seen it done really well, PT, there's some great semi-private, especially one to four, but the, I think where not done well is the larger larger group setting. I'm, I'm yet to see many gyms do that and that on a financial level for a lot of people is where you know they're retired and they don't some people are blessed and they can afford pt semi-private but for a lot of the population they can't and so we need to make quality accessible large group training and there's a huge demand huge demand whoever can as a coach can drop their ego or has a calling there's just a massive need um, in that area yeah, so I heard and what you guys do so well there at Total Fit Brighton is that um, accessibility and adaptability. Like these are the two th key things that I, I would think people should take away from listening to this when we look at this huge opportunity of an aging population and the need of health. Like that's understood. It has to be accessible for those people and that doesn't necessarily mean cheap and it has to be adaptable to those people and you guys do that through the level method so well you adapt it to all and any um and yeah it's not separated and that's why i asked the question because your model um you guys do such an incredible job there and and others need to take note of this like we need i don't think the answer is to separate by age i think there's a time and place for that but it's not always and it's the easy solution for people to just say, all right, well, we'll just do a, a silver sneakers class and 60 and above or in that class and it'll be one thing. And, and maybe that's the model for you, but I don't think it's a one size fits all for, for every model across there. It is possible. And you've proven that. Yeah, no, I agree. And it, on that note, as we flip it then to the people who are aging, um, as a number of our individuals listening who are looking into health and fitness, how can we approach, I think the word is limitations, you know, in terms of it is no longer we're able to hit personal bests on our five kilometer run times. No longer can we hit uh, what we were squatting before, or maybe it's a little bit achier getting out of bed in the morning. What are some processes um, that you've seen people go through well, or you've coached Jay in terms of individuals how do we accept our limitations in life well? Yeah, this is, uh, I think the great coaches do this well. Uh, and, and here's what I mean by that. The great coaches can tap into the space between people's ears and understand what makes them tick. So for some people, they make that transition and it's just like part of life. But they've created habits in their life where they can manage the expectations within their own head. And, and they don't take this external influence oftentimes as the mark to hit. And so how we do that and how we teach that in Total Fit is through questions. It, you just have to get to know the people um, and understand what makes them work, what, what makes uh, a win a win in their life, and what makes a failure a failure in their head. Um, and then separate those two things and understand all right, where are they going? Where are they at? Where they want to go? And then how do I progress them in a very small way and not too fast? Because um, the vast majority of people, and this is not just for aging population, but all, they get discouraged because they their expectations are not met. Well, oftentimes they're not met because they had unrealistic expectations. 
And so for an aging population, um, I, I would want to know if you were my client and you were of an aging, an older person, you're past your prime, let's say, um, I would say, hey, what was the what was the best time in your life where you really felt really good? And you would say, well, mid-20s, of course. Do you think you can get back to that? Now, if you said, yeah, I can get back to that shape. I'm motivated. I'm eating good. I'm sleeping good. I'm drinking well. Okay. Well, that's probably an unrealistic expectation because I would say, hey, what was your numbers when you were 25? Well, my squat, my pull, my press were these. My runtime was this. My cardiovascular endurance was this. Da, 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 da. Well, you're biologically, you're not going to be able to get back to that place. But what I want to do as a coach is manage those expectations to say, hey, what's a win? Like, what's a win? Is it losing weight? Is it getting stronger? Okay, we can manage that. Because what is stronger for me at 60 is much different than it was when I was 30 or 25 or even 45. And so it's just about managing expectations as coaches for that, the aging population that come in. And we've got to do th that through the processes that you guys have done so well of uh, initial consultations. What are the goal setting sessions that I'm taking people through? How do I monitor their nutrition and the recovery? Um, all of these pieces play an integral role of taking people from where they are with it to where they want to be as long as where they want to be is a reasonable expectation. Look, we're not miracle workers. We can't get past chronic disease. We can't get past isolation in our world today. But we can get them a little bit closer to where they want to be and how they feel on a daily basis, not just physically, by the way. And that's, as you know, one thing that we specialize in is the physical is important. But there's other things that are as equal or some would argue even more important, the training of the mind and of the spirit. And so that's that's across the board, whether you're 20 or 80. Man, I want to walk you through this process of getting a little bit closer day after day um, to prolong your fulfilled life. Boy, that's a win. What a legacy as a coach that you can leave behind. No, I like that. And I think... Just echoing that is not focusing on the ideals, but focusing on like, yeah, the out, like practical outcomes. Because otherwise, if you're living up in the ideals of like, oh, I want to be the strongest possible, you're never going to be satisfied. Um, and there's never joy in that. How, how do you, so, sorry to cut you off there, I just had a question coming to my mind that I wanted to ask you is like, the aging population, oftentimes it's a confidence thing of they come in and we do a consultation and we get them excited and sign them up and they're on board. But then when it comes down to actually walking in the gym, um, fear of injury, feel of, fear of failure, like all of these things come back into play in their mind. How do you overcome that as a coach? It's got to be trust. It's got to be, you've got to build trust. Um, so you've got to hear what people have said you got, they've got to understand that they haven't got there themselves in terms of it and that you can provide the plane, the, de the travel destination to get them where they need to get to. Um, and then it's slowly building them into that. Um, so that is a, that's a massive thing in terms of, so the, the consultation is the biggest thing. 
it's hearing people where they're at and then making a plan of how to progress them. Um, that's our, our biggest thing. But in terms of Jay, moving across to, away from the physical, the mental and the spiritual that we're, we're so passionate about in Total Fit, um, the holistic element, is often we see that people, individuals are actually, yeah, they might be aging and physically declining, but mentally and spiritually, they're growing into their very, like I could think of my granny who's become more loving, more joyful, more peaceful, more brave as the years have gone on. And so I think we can get caught in a snapshot. And I, I think that really captures the the desire to keep people together in communities that we miss out as young individuals, you know, in my twenties, if we just have an older population separate um, in terms of it. And there's so much richness that, you know, it, we believe, you know, you could have in terms of the chats alongside of the gym um, that you get from, from individuals when you have in that community. Yeah, the young bucks might bring the energy and the drive, but the wisdom um, you definitely find through the, through the years. And so, yeah, that, I really think that's a big thing. So have you seen in terms of individuals how they've developed um, mind and spirit as individuals get older? Does that decline or does that continue to grow? Well, sir, I mean... It, it, Again, we're painting a, with a broad brush, and we we've talked a little bit about yeah, just the chronic disease um, state of people and how we can't we can't often often um, overcome some of those factors in people's lives that are just reality. Um, but yeah, man, here's the thing: my body is on a constant deterioration trajectory. But I want to be like your granny if I'm on. And it's such it's so inspiring to hear her story of, yeah, she's still sharp. Uh, how, old, how old is she, by the way? She is 83. I hope you got that right, granny. If you got it wrong, <laughs> forgive him. But at, at the age of 80, in her early 80s, let's call it, um, I, I wonder if we ask her today, like, granny, do you feel 83 in your head? Like, take the body out of it because her body's probably hurting. She's lived 80 years. Like, it's normal. But I would venture to say, and it sounds like she would say, no, I don't feel 83. I feel young. I feel alive. I feel invigorated. Um, she still has all of her mental capacities. Like, this is a huge win. And so it is possible. You, you look at, at people, even doing physical feats of strength at 80 plus, it's possible, but, but it's not. Uh, it's not the majority of people. And so we can press into the mental and the, the training of the spirit and mind with the older population by doing a number of things, keeping them in community with younger individuals. I think that's one, one thing that we can do. Like there's a reason why um, oftentimes people put their parents or their grandparents in uh, community living situations. And there's a reason why they have community uh, gatherings and game days and singings. And, you know, they even have some exercise people that go into um, assisted living places like that and uh, nursing homes and et cetera, to do those things in community with people because isolation kills. Like we are not designed or made to be alone. We're made it to be in community. And man, I'm just really interested to see, you know, and 
the decades ahead of what COVID has done to us as a population and how has that affected our health and, um, and especially the aging population because isolation is, um, it's, it's not good. It's killing us. And so, and that's by design. We're made to do it in community. So that's one thing. People keep them in community. And then the little wins for people. Take the physical out of it. It's the little wins of, oh, well, was there a good conversation that you had with somebody? Hey, did you share wisdom with a younger person? So you're getting the aging population. I think we're, talk, we're talking about really an elderly population at this point. At least in my head, that's what I'm seeing. Um, but getting them to recall the lessons in life and teaching others. So this is, uh, it's the idea of passing on knowledge to a next generation. This is going to keep them young mentally as well. It keeps their, their cognitive functions going, the, the, uh, the recalling, the memory, all of that stuff is good. And you have to exercise that stuff or it goes away. Like, I forgot what I did yesterday. Why? Because I didn't write it down or I didn't tell anybody about my day. Recall it, teach it, tell it to somebody else. This is all good practice. It's the accountability piece we bring as coaches even to an aging population that's going to be healthy as well. And then lastly, on the spirit, I, th I think I would say to that is um, oftentimes you see um, an, you know, an elderly person or an aging population um, that, that still doesn't know or has regrets about their life. Man, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have been this type of person. I've never heard it said, I wish I would have deadlifted 500 pounds from an, from an elderly person. What do they say? No, I wish I would have had more impact. I wish I would have lived a different life. I wish I wouldn't have done that bad thing in my life. And what they're saying was, or what they're saying is, man, I... I wish I would have understood, understood my identity earlier in life. And I would have not had the regrets in my life that I do, perhaps. Again, I'm speaking in very general general generalities. So with that, if we as coaches can help people, even an aging population, understand their why, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts, the identity piece is so important. Wow. Thank you, Jay. For on that note, I, f I feel like I've got a lot to go away and think about um, in terms of that. Um, as we wrap up um, today's thoughts, I'm going to post um, a video of one of our athletes called Jamie uh, in the show notes. And he is 70 years old and he trains with us uh, multiple times a week. And he is a legend in the gym. And I hope that his story, just a minute video, uh, will inspire you. So you'll see that in the show notes. Um, so you can click on that and see it in YouTube. Um, but for now, Jay, thank you once again for being awesome on our show. And we look forward to chatting again uh, next week. See you next time. Good. See you.